gave an everlasting life to us. Grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
chapter 15. If in this life only we hope in Christ, we are all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then is coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. This is the word of the Lord.
last day of repair. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, the old two men stood by them in Nazareth terror. And as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground, and then said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women, with them, told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them like a tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloth by itself, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's almost a cliche of broken promises. A boy wants a dog, and he will say anything to convince his parents that this is a good idea. I'll take care of everything. I will walk the dog. I will feed the dog. I will give the dog a bath. I will pick up after the dog in the backyard. I will do everything. I promise. Promise, promise, promise. Promise, promise, promise. Dad mumbles on a cold morning with the rain running down his neck at 5.30 a.m. while he's taking the dog out for a walk so it doesn't make another puddle in the carpet. Someone says, I promise. Is this a valuable statement or is it empty, worthless words? Depends who's saying it. I promise. How many times have you used these words with every intention of following through, but instead you failed to fulfill your promise? How often have you told God, I promise I will never do that again? How many times when you hear someone else promise you something, you doubt them and you sarcastically say, promises, promises, promises far too often are a waste of breath. And so at first it seems understandable that people doubted Jesus' promise that he would rise from the dead. Right after Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ of God, Jesus tells them, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Jesus spoke clearly, and yet the disciples and others do not believe him or remember what he said. Jesus tells them again as they get near Jerusalem. And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Jesus makes a promise to his disciples, but they are not paying attention. They are so wrapped up in their own ideas and their own expectations, they don't understand what is happening and what will happen. And while you often have good reason to doubt somebody's promise due to past experience, Jesus' disciples have no reason to doubt his word. The disciples have seen Jesus teach with authority and with his Words take authority over demons, disease, disability, food, weather, even death. Three of the disciples have seen Jesus transfigured and shine with heavenly light and hear God the Father say, This is my Son, my Chosen One. Listen to Him. And yet, they do not listen. Jesus made promises. He declared things to be true. He promised to rise from the dead. Over and over, Jesus shows that his word is good and true and can be trusted. And yet that first Easter morning, where are the disciples? 
They're hiding in fear. The women go to the tomb, but what are they bringing with them? Spices to anoint Jesus' dead, decaying body so it won't smell so awful. When the women arrive at the tomb, they find that the stone has been rolled away and they go inside, but Jesus' body is not there. And they still do not understand that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. The women are confused. And then two angels in dazzling clothing appear and they ask the frightened women, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. The women now understand. They remember Jesus' promise and they believe. Christ is risen. They go to tell the apostles, the one, the one sent by Jesus to proclaim the good news. The women tell the good news to the disciples, but these words seem to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. The disciples who saw firsthand the authority of Jesus' words still do not believe that he rose from the dead. Curiosity, however, gets to Peter and he goes to the tomb and he sees burial clothes neatly folded up by themselves. Peter knows the tomb was guarded and if someone stole the body, they would not fold up the burial clothes. Peter marvels at what has happened. Peter believes. Later that first Easter Sunday, Jesus appears to two disciples on the road to Emmaus and then to the eleven. They touch Jesus, and Jesus eats with them, and then they still do not want to believe. So Jesus teaches them again and promises them power from on high, the Holy Spirit. Then the disciples believe and spend the rest of their lives proclaiming repentance for the forgiveness of sins to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Finally, they believe in Jesus. Finally, they believe that Christ has risen. The value of a promise depends on who is making the promise. Jesus' promise to rise from the dead is a solid promise because he is the one who makes the promise. While our promises can be pretty iffy, Jesus' promises are rock solid. Jesus said he would rise from the dead, and Jesus rises from the dead. Christ is risen. When the devil confronts you with your sins and accuses you of not being worthy of forgiveness, he wants you to look to your own faith, your own promises to do better, your own actions. The devil wants you to rely on yourself. But there's no comfort there because your promises are iffy. When the devil accuses you, stand on the solid rock of Jesus' promises because in Christ there is true comfort. Stand on Jesus' promise to forgive your sins. Jesus died on the cross to pay for the sins of the whole world, and he rose from the dead to show that he had conquered sin and death forever. Stand on the solid rock of Jesus' word that declares, I forgive you all your sins. Stand on the solid rock of Jesus' promise to you in your baptism that you are his child for eternity. 
Stand on Jesus' rock-solid promise that in Holy Communion you receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. When buffeted by the storms of life, do not try to live on the shifting sands of your own strength, your own promises, your own good intentions. Stand on the promises of Jesus. The devil's first lie is still so very useful for him. Did God really say? There is a great temptation to not want to trust Jesus. It's too easy to think of Jesus as just one of us and to want to think of his promises like our promises. The devil wants you to doubt Jesus' promises and look to yourself for forgiveness. The devil wants you to despair because of your broken promises. But the devil is a liar. Salvation is not found in your promises. It is found in Jesus. The devil is a liar, and Jesus tells the truth. Today we celebrate the truth that Jesus conquers sin and death for you. This bright and festive morning filled with flowers and bells and joyful music is a great celebration. We celebrate with gusto the resurrection of Jesus from the dead because it changes everything. Today and every Sunday, we remember and celebrate that Jesus keeps his promises. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, and your sins are forgiven. Jesus keeps his promises. You do not need to doubt God's love for you. You do not need to doubt God's promise to you as his baptized child. You do not need to doubt your salvation. Today, bask in God's love. Rejoice in the forgiveness of your sins. Celebrate Jesus' promise of eternal life. Know Jesus drowns your sins each day that you can live a new life in Christ. In your struggle against sin and guilt, know that Jesus has already won the victory. Bask in God's love and forgiveness for you in Christ and let that love and forgiveness flow out from you into a troubled world, bringing the light of Christ into the darkness. In this life, death is your constant companion, stalking you from the moment of your birth. This life indeed is lived in the valley of the shadow of death, and yet you need not fear. The Lord is with you. The devil in the world wants you to be in constant, crippling fear of death. But you do not need to fear, because Jesus has conquered death for you. Jesus promises, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Then Jesus asks, do you believe this? Whoever believes in Jesus, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in Jesus will never die. Do you believe this? It sounds too good to be true. But you know it's true because Jesus keeps his promises. Christ is risen. Is risen Live in the promise of the resurrection. Through all the troubles and struggles, live your life in love and joy, knowing you have eternal life. Christ is risen. Is risen Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen.
We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, 
for Joseph, our president, and all who make and administer and our laws, that God would frustrate the forces of evil and not let our leaders cooperate with them or further their goals. And for our armed forces, as they stand watch for us at home and abroad, that they would serve with honor and integrity. Let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and those in any need, especially Becky, Anna, Shauna, Sheila, Brian, Shelly, Johnny, Becky, Louise's family, Steve's family, and Sam's family, that the dawning light of the new creation in Christ would sustain them in faith, and that according to God's will, they would be granted renewed health as a foretaste of their eternal healing in Him. Let us pray to the Lord. We'll join Christ's great victory feast as he shares it with us from this altar, and that he would overcome our sin by his forgiveness and swallow up our death in his life through the eating and drinking of his true body and blood and faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For all the more that the truth of Christ and we too would comfort them, and that in the midst of their grief they may abide in the hope of his resurrection until the day when God wipes away every tear from their eyes. Let us pray to the Lord. We join today in singing eternal hallelujahs with innumerable angels in festival gathering, and with the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven and with the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And we bring these petitions before you, dear Father, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
Most especially, we bow to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. The very past of the Lamb was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John, and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying.
and preserve you in true faith and the life everlasting. Go in peace. Your sins are forgiven.
through blood of Christ.
Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. 